Welcome to Church Talk. I'm your host, Amanda Hall, here with Reverend Laurel Gray. This is the monthly episode of this podcast, where we talk about the month's sermons, world events, and how we make sense of the complexities of life. If you'd like to submit a question or a discussion topic, please email it to podcasts at uucsw.org. And we'll keep you anonymous unless you say specifically that we could include your name. In this episode, we'll be discussing the sermons Drag and the Cedar Orange, And Still We Rise, and Ramadan and the Art of Rest. If you want to hear those sermons in their entirety, you can find them in the same podcast feed where you found this episode, but we'll also recap the main points here before we discuss them. Hi, Laurel. Hello. We're here. How are you? Good. We're here. It's a, there was a lot of ritual this month. Yeah, we just went, we went all Abrahamic this month. (laughs) Passover, Easter, and Ramadan. What is Abrahamic? Uh, So Abrahamic traditions, meaning that uh, Christianity, well, they, in order, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, um, all traditions stemming from Abraham in the Old Testament. What are non- who else do you it's I only don't, those three that's all i don't i don't even know enough to form this question <laughs> uh-huh yep. feeling rather ignorant of religion all good all good meaning all traditions that um use the first portion of what many people call the bible as a sacred text so okay like, but not the new testament no, that's Christianity, and then the Quran is Islam, right? So it's like they have, like, additions. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, this feels like a thing that I should know. First book, Judaism. Christianity adds another book, New Testament, Christianity. Islam adds the Quran. Third book, Islam. Okay. So Abrahamic traditions, big three. Are there like Jobic traditions? Like, <laughs> no. <do> you, are there... <laughs> like, no. Are there other <laughs> other biblical figures that have this? Nope. No. Nope. Okay. Mm-mm. Cool. Nope. Okay. This is bas- This is like, you know, Abraham being like shorthand for like the early part of the Bible thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's a super. So, that's the definition they gave us at Yale. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> The Bible thing. So, like, so, like, what are some other religions in contrast to being Abrahamic? Like, is yeah. there... So, like, pagan traditions, earth-based traditions, okay. um, Eastern traditions, um, like, Hinduism, not Abrahamic, um, Buddhism, not Abrahamic, right? Like, they don't... The sort of Old Testament, Hebrew Bible, Torah, like, that, that thing is not part of their you know, set of traditions instead of mm-hmm. sacred texts. Um, and I say that because, like, again, Christianity is, like, you know, the Old Testament plus the New Testament, right? So there's, like, that common first iteration of holy text for those big three there... world religions. Yeah. Is Yuuism Abrahamic? What a good question. <laughs> that Cause it's like, is a really... Kind of. Kind of. We're not. Because we were, we came out of Christianity. We're wily. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say that that's a question without an answer um, in the same way that, right? Because like, you could be an Abrahamic UU. That's a thing. Those can be overlapping. Um, I mean, this is sort of the same question about is, about whether or not Unitarian Universalism is Protestant. Um, which is, which feels related to the, like, when someone who's, like, a 10th generation American says they're Irish, and it's, like, kind of, like, that's, that's true and vague, right? It's, like, you, Mm -hmm. because it's, like, there's an origin, yes, and you don't really still live in that place and that culture thing happening, um, so, like, I I would not, yeah, it's that's just a really complicated, so yes okay. and no. My answer is yes and no. Okay. <laughs> is that satisfying at all? 
Because like, listen, plurality yeah, is something we right, embrace that's here. I'm like, yes and no. Sure. <laughs> like we totally were born out of responses to Christianity and specifically Protestant Christianity. So like, we're part of that, but we were also kind of rejecting it. So like, you know, are we in or are we out? Hard to say. Depends on who you ask. Are we, so are there religions that only use the New Testament that are not Abrahamic? No. No. Okay. I mean, that's Um, a weird question. I mean, I guess. Okay. (laughs) This is getting very hypothetical. Interesting. I'm going to go with no. Okay. I think it's a package deal. Okay. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I mean, I mean, we're weird, so other people might be weird too. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I have enough humility to be like, I think maybe I know the answer, but you know, great, we've well, started more... in such an entertaining place. <laughs> yes, parsing. Well, see, now we're talking about religion in a way that interests me, which is taxonomy and structure. <laughs> Versus every other time you've been deeply bored. <laughs> Well, listen. Okay, no, I have not. I have not. But you did just walk into that, though. <laughs> I did. But my curi- like, yeah. my curiosity, my natural curiosity yeah. about taxonomy, organization, classification, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know how how th- structures, people, organizations, societies organize themselves is very interesting to me. So taxonomy to me makes me think that you have like you know stuffed deer heads on your wall. <laughs> Which I'm is, pretty sure that's not... It would be taxidermy. <laughs> it is taxidermy. Similar, but unrelated. I can, listen, I share a lot of my personal life on this <laughs> podcast, but I'm pretty sure if I had taxidermy, well, maybe I would talk about it. I can I can you know. open up to you and say I don't have any taxidermy in my Amazing. Home. I don't either. <laughs> I have a painting of a bird, <laughs> which is very different. Okay, that does not count. <laughs> How off track are we already? We're like two minutes in. Extremely. Well, okay. okay. So what do you want to talk ritual, about? Yeah, ritual, ritual and other religions are on topic for this month. This is true. That was sort so. of the point of the whole month was like these three three big world religions have three major spring holidays. And so we talked about all three of them, um, which is also what they did in RE classes um, was talk about these big holidays. So that's what we did at church. It was sort of like a... Like, kind of a religious literacy month, um, Mm -hmm. where, like, you know, some people know some things about Passover and don't know some things, and then some people know some things about Easter and maybe also don't know some things, and I think Ramadan was was probably the least familiar. It was certainly the least familiar to me, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, good to explore and ponder and... um, sort of be curious about the ways that other people live their traditions and faith. So it felt like a good, yeah. it felt like a good month. And I'll I wonder, say the last yeah. service, I felt like I had taken a relaxation yoga class. Like, I feel like I accidentally led like ASMR church. <laughs> <laughs> the service oh about God. rest because it was also like gray and cold and rainy and like everyone was tired because we'd had a really big funeral the day before. And the mm. whole thing somehow I was like, I think because I'm tired, I'm also speaking slowly. And I was like, I think I just led a yoga class Amazing. with no, with very little movement. It was great. It was magical. Yeah, I, <laughs> spoiler alert, yeah. well, we can skip around. We, we can, can talk about around. that sermon first if you want. Why not? Reverse order? Yeah, we're subverting expectations. Oh my gosh, yeah. All right, so let's talk about Ramadan and the art of rest first. Yeah. Um, do you want to recap, like, the top bullet points of that sermon? Um, rest is important, and it is uh-huh. also... A paradigm shift that pushes against, like, capitalistic white supremacy tendencies and is not a waste of time. (laughs) Yes. Also, it's good to rest in community. Right? Like, that is important. Yeah. And rest being not just, like, sleeping, although that is part of rest, but rest being sort of anything that, like, returns you to yourself and reminds you that you are not a cog in a machine of production. Um, So be that physical rest, if that's, like being creative is if it's you know whatever it is um that sort of helps return you to your your center 
um, which is like what Ramadan is, um, is about sort of recentering and faith and community um, and yeah, reordering the world. Yeah, I definitely, it's interesting because I definitely think of rest as a solo activity. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I don't know how much of that is like introvert tendencies. Oh, uh, yeah. Or... Uh-huh. Uh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if everyone thinks that or if it's like, but I think it's probably a comment because we well, I think, think people about often, physical rest. Right. Because the most obvious thing is like sleeping. Right. So like yeah. people take naps. I mean, you could certainly like snuggle someone, but like sleeping is not really an interactive activity. <laughs> You're like, you know, in REM. So, <laughs> yeah. But if you think about like a, it helps if your community values rest. Like so the so even if you're not like sort of tandem resting exactly whatever that would mean, but like the fact that you're collectively engaged in the project of rest together mm-hmm. and calling it important and calling it sacred, that is very different than the like, you know, I took a day off from work and now I don't know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah (laughs) clearly I had a week off from work and I was like what do I do now (laughs) yeah that's that's very hard I mean I none of my labor is paid at the moment um and I will say like does that make it really hard to step away from um no okay I mean I do find myself um, engaging in escapism in a lot of other ways. Yeah. Since like, which like I would call that rest too, <laughs> right? That's the like, there are many ways. I read, I think it was a New York Times article a couple years ago that was about different types of rest, and the one that struck me the most was that mastery was a form of rest, which suddenly made so much sense to me because my sister and I joke that it's not a gray family vacation unless we make something. And the idea was that, like, when you have jobs and you work in a way that is, like, you can't complete it um, because it's abstract and ongoing, then then having things that you can, like, effectively accomplish and know that you have finished the task is a form of rest because you're resting from the sort of endless ambiguity of, like, abstract thought, which I was like, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing, <laughs> right? Yeah. So there are many ways. I totally Yeah, cut it off. that's cool. <laughs> no, you didn't. I mean, I it's tricky because um sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between yeah. something that truly feels like rest that's returning me to my center. Yep. Which doesn't always have to be like that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be self-reflecting actively no. and consciously or anything like that. It's like, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's hard to distinguish between that and like avoidance and freeze. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is like endless scrolling on the phone, watching right. television. Right. Um, like that can be either one. Like, well, and um, I think that like watching consuming stories like watching tv that could be either one yeah totally Um, and i think they also like bleed together right because part of what i was trying to like make space for was that like we all know we're supposed to rest right which is sort of like eye roll um because it's actually can be really hard to do that and like very anxiety provoking to rest and like step back and not engage um and so i think that the like rest is not this like pure state that you like arrive in and then eject from. Right. I think that there Mm -hmm. is some middle ground of like mulling around and, you know, aimlessness before you like have moments that truly feel restful. Um, Cause it, it's just, it's hard to get to that place. Right. Which, you know, we imagine that we like, you know, have a week off from work and you like immediately feel amazing. (laughs) And really, you're, like, still thinking about that meeting that you had for, like, three days. And then you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. wait, maybe I should take a nap now. Maybe I should go do something fun. It's already been three days, right? Um, Yeah. And, like, I don't think we need to beat ourselves up over that. No, and it takes, like, a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, so after I 
uh, graduated last May from my program. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, like, my internship ended. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have, like, school or work right. for the first time in a while. <laughs> like, many years. Yeah. Um, and I, after a few months, not a few days into a week-long vacation, like, after yeah. a few months, my impulse to be creative started to, yeah. like, return. Totally. Like, that's when I, yeah. not just because I had, like, the time to do it, but it was, like, a, definitely a shift. So, yeah. like, something like crochet or, like, something like that might have, it might have felt like kind of an obligation. Totally. Like, okay, I'm supposed to have something yep. else fun to myself that I do. Yep. Um, and like writing has often felt like that. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm supposed to be writing. Oh, I, I feel that about something. journaling. Where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. if yeah, I, I should journal because then I would be so centered. And it's like, yeah, shooting yourself is that it's inherently not going to be a pleasant experience. <laughs> like, yeah, nope. But I, but it actually, like, after three months to four yeah. months, however long of, like, that spaciousness, it just, like, bubbled up as something I organically wanted to do. Yeah. That, knock on wood, so far has not ever felt like a, a like, oh, I should do this. It would right. be good for me to do an activity. Right. Right. Well, and I think that's part of where, like, the fact that Ramadan lasts for 30 days mm-hmm. is, like, I think that, too, is a really potent and powerful thing. Because it's not, like you know, the sort of Christmas Eve effect where it's like, it's one night. Like, no one's going to feel centered and rejuvenated after one night. Like, well, it's also like rest is supposed to be, I mean, in nature, rest is incorporated with seasonal changes. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like nothing's happening in winter. Yeah. Right. It's that like, like if anyone who has houseplants that live by a window knows like they grow in some parts of the year and in some parts of the year they stay yeah. the same. Right. And right. like and that's part of growing. That's part of being alive. Yeah. It's not like a bad it's no. not like oh I need to like dump more fertilizer on it. It looks like it's not growing. What's wrong? It's right. like it's just like part of the just rhythm of season existence. Of, seasons of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that has honestly like I know it seems obvious, but that has been kind of a, an amazing revelation for me. Well, because it's so counter to everything we're implicitly told socially that, like, yeah. you know, we are our production and resting is a waste of time and you should feel guilty and you should do more things. And like that, those messages get, uh, like, in subtle and not so subtle ways hammered into us. But totally. like, there's no, like, it keeps. <laughs> the most stark and conspicuous example of it, like I took an econ for social policy class, oh, which gosh. is supposed to help you model economic responses to certain like policy changes. So like, for example, if you uh, raise minimum wage or change the way healthcare is provided, like from the government yeah. or... I feel like I'm going to be rolling my eyes for whatever you are. Next. I'm sorry. Or like <laughs> if you make any, <laughs> if you like change the tax rate or Ugh. anything like that, like all of these changes, um, Everyone will if you're stop considering working. them, well, there's, there's like an attempt to try to model what will happen in the market. Yeah. yeah. Like both on like, because that's like a macroeconomics thing. Like that affects everybody. It yeah. affects how the whole market works and everything. Right. But it speaks to like a lot of the way you understand it is like on a micro, like microeconomic scale, how individuals make decisions. Yeah. And so it's economics is just like a study of human behavior that is completely devoid of any like power models or like that's understanding of like how humans work or psychology or sociology or so it's devoid of power dynamic analysis and it's devoid of anything that like makes us human. So it's like the, you know, it's based on like reason where the only rules to how humans behave are like maximizing utility, which is an abstract way of being like happiness or whatever. There's so like, there's so much theology tied up in that. Yeah. That is like the whitest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is. It really is. Okay. So. Wow. With these. <laughs> yes. With these underlying continue. rules. With these underlying rules, the way that capitalism. Well, okay. I'll say economics instead of capitalism because okay. I mean like micro macro economics that yeah. like is mainstream in the U.S. Um, it has to, like, it's kind of puzzling under that system that you would ever do anything other than, I mean, it's not puzzling that you would do something other than work because like utility can come in the form of money. Like Mm -hmm. that's an easily measurable form of, but like what's really utility is like happiness or whatever. So it maximizes like, like the utility of spending time with your family is it makes you happy or something like there's an okay. attempt to incorporate that into yeah. economic models. Yeah. And so basically the way to quantify that is um, in the labor market, both labor and what is called leisure, which mm-hmm. is <laughs> anything that's not labor, which is yeah. often unpaid labor and not leisure, but whatever. <laughs> um, like vacuuming your apartment. <laughs> Yeah. So labor and leisure are both treated as like kind of like any other thing that you buy and sell, any other yeah. commodity. Like for labor, you sell it and your employer buys it. Right. Um, but then on the flip side, it's treated like leisure is something that you buy because Ugh. in order for the model to account for that choice, it has to put a dollar like equivalency yeah. for like what, how, like, to model that choice that you made to spend that hour engaged in quote-unquote leisure instead of work. Um, And the way that that is, like, in the models, the cost of an hour of leisure is equivalent to your hourly wage because that's what you're giving up. Right. So in that case, like, the cost is, like, you operationalize utility in that case by, like... Oh, my God assigning it a dollar value that's right, equivalent which to the opportunity that cost. People are not human, right? That assumes that we are machines that yeah. could run 24-7. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the very... And like, that that's is so how great. all labor models, like all models are built on that. Like economic models that predict like human behavior change in like the labor market is based on that. I will say the only class that I did poorly in in college was economics, and I feel like it makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the only test I ever bombed was an econ test. And I'm like, maybe I just fundamentally disagreed with the premise. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my economics textbook, I wrote so many snarky and furious things in the margins. Like, (laughs) Let's ponder this. (laughs) Um, Man. But it's like... Anyway, there's a lot of reasons why this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But even if you grant so many of their premises, it doesn't make sense. Like, mm-hmm. that depends on the assumption that you can freely choose how many hours you work a week for right. one thing. Right. Like, you can freely buy and sell right. leisure and labor, which, like, you can't. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, and it assumes things like illness and disability just don't exist. And unpaid, like, unpaid labor is not included in any of that. There are no children in this model. Right. (laughs) Everyone is, like, 28 and in optimal perfect health and weirdly (laughs) doesn't need to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. What a strange world. We don't like economics. (laughs) Well, I just think it's so goofy. It's complicated. And it's good to know that, like, the assumptions being made in different systems is important. Right? Which is sort of, like what we were talking about this whole month is like very these big big sort of systems of meaning and what assumptions and dynamics are are at play right and especially Mm -hmm. like in the service that i did about easter was kind of naming that like the way that you build this story and engage in this story everyone's making certain kinds of assumptions and so the question is not like is the story bad but what what assumptions i.e theologies are being utilized and what do they do and are you okay with that or are you do you want to engage in it differently um Mm -hmm. (coughs) the pollen is out Mm -hmm. (laughs) springtime um before we move to a different sermon do you want to talk about like ways that you rest what a great question i will fully admit which i think is evident in my sermon that i am a highly resistant rester (laughs) 
I'm like kind of mad about it. Um, I also try to high achieve at resting, which also doesn't work. <laughs> how to how to what? Like be a high achieving rester. I try to do a oh, very good job relatable. at resting, which is so. I know. I thought you would understand. So I'm like, well, I should journal and then go to a yoga class and then I should go for a walk in nature and then I should eat some fruit and like just this like oh my god (laughs) right and then I'm gonna do something creative like I just Mm -hmm. my yeah so my like internal type a you know got got like high grades my whole life and was told that that was why I mattered (laughs) that's a real devil to fight with when you're trying to rest um so it depends I think the way that I rest depends on why I'm tired um I I mean I've talked a lot in the last like few months about how I've been really sick for the last year and so like I had to do a lot of like very physical resting um Mm -hmm. and now that I'm sort of getting better I'm in this like funny paradigm of I have more physical energy and now then I'm sort of confused about what I do now. <laughs> mm, um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, it's sort of a process to relearn, which I think is also important to say because we assume that rest is like one static thing. Um, and like, like I sort of joked about my sister and I needing to like make things for it to feel like vacation. Like, I have a job that you will cannot finish. It is not possible to finish doing ministry, right? Um, yeah. And, like, I am on call all the time. Like, if something happens, I will be there. And so for me doing things, I think that's actually why I really like knitting and sewing and making clothes, because it is, like, so tactile and so mm-hmm. completable. Um, and so that's a, that's a thing that I do a lot of, um, because it's so counter- um, it's like creative, yeah. practical, tactile, like very embodied, goes on your body and will mm-hmm. be done, right? Like you're not just going to endlessly yes. knit the like Lorax suit, right? Like that's not. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then I thankfully I have this like snuggly Henry creature who he's he has grown out of the stage of like shark circling me when he's tired so now he just climbs up to, onto my lap and falls asleep on top of me so I have Aww. this like 50 pound heated snoring weighted blanket so mm-hmm. that also is an effective strategy <laughs> nice <laughs> you know so I get rested at and then I comply nice what about you um it's funny I <laughs> I was like sort of making a list before we started doing this don't laugh at me you can laugh I'm at laughing me. I'm at both at of us um just to sort of you know take some notes before I love a list you know I love um, a list but like a pattern that's emerging is like things that I can't look at my phone while I do it yeah <laughs> yeah it's like yep. this like so I'm like Maybe I need to try to set some boundaries with myself around uh-huh. the way I use my phone. Uh-huh. Uh, this is not the first time I've thought that, by the so way. So does, like, every person um, in the world this day and age. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm not in charge of them. I'm in charge no, of No, you me. are. Right. Yes, yes, good boundaries. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, anyway, like, the common denominator for most of the, well, really all of these, is that I can't be on my phone during it. Okay. Um. But uh, so when I do like when we do community organizing meetings, we have a check in at the beginning. Yep. Um, like check in questions that we go around and like check in with ourselves and each other. Mm-hmm. Those are like a nice little pause. Um, showering is mm-hmm. like a built in rest that like it's a good body reset practice. Yeah, it's a really good thing to and, do if you're like hyped up or stressed out. Yeah, like I. Yeah, my brain works a little differently in the shower, it feels like. Yeah, totally. Um, A really good, like, one-on-one, like, out to dinner with a friend. Yeah. Or, like, any kind of, like, catch up with a friend that's just, like, one-on-one. Relational nourishment. Yeah, like, that feels really good to Mm me. Um, And, like, therapy is both very exhausting, but also, like... Similarly great. Very much a step... Yes, a step out of yeah. the world to, like, you know, yeah. come back to myself and whatever. But it's 
let's just say it doesn't give me more energy in the moment. <laughs> um, I don't, I, well, I mean, that's like taking a nap. Like you might just actually be really sleepy for the rest of the day and maybe that's actually mm-hmm. really good. Like, yeah. You know. And then like crochet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also sometimes watch ASMR videos. Amazing. I mean, there's a uh, reason they became hugely popular. Yeah, they are. I used to get ASMR without knowing what ASMR was when yeah. my college roommate would do my makeup. Oh, funny. Um, so yeah. <laughs> like like personal attention role plays. It's my so like ASMR funny. genre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's like the sensation of someone braiding your hair and like sort of. That too. Right. Yeah. It just like is when very my grandma, like soothing. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma used to braid my hair. Um, I think, and my mom too. I think that probably gave me ASMR too. Yeah. What does ASMR um, stand for? In case people don't, do you know? I don't know. Um, I think it's like autonomic sensory meridian response. Oh, wow. Which is, it's sort of effectively like someone talking quietly and slowly in a way that like calms you down. Or whispering. And like people... It often, like, not always, but often is like the opposite of being yelled at. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, It's like speaking in a quiet voice to an upset child. (laughs) And it specifically, like, is associated sometimes with, like, a tingling feeling in your head. Yeah. um, Or, like... Which is this nervous system, like, it's calming down your nervous system. So there's a physical sensation to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like... Sometimes feels like tingles and sometimes just feels like a weighted blanket for your brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like your emotions and uh-huh. your like great consciousness or whatever it can Amazing. feel different ways. But yeah. Um, so <laughs> I watch videos where people like pretend to give me a haircut <laughs> and that's getting like, your haircut or a facial. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. As long um, as they don't want to be chatty, then I'm like, I did not come here for this. <laughs> please there, don't, there please don't are, talk to me. Okay, I did you know that there are places? Doing. Yeah, there are places where you can specifically request not to be chatty. Really? Like for yeah, for people who either just have a preference or have yeah. like sensory stuff or yeah. for whatever reason, like anxiety, I just keep social my anxiety. That I'm napping. <laughs> Which is sort yeah. of effectively, I'm like, I'm just. Just gonna enjoy this. <laughs> no, there are like totally places where like you can toggle that as a as a like setting for your haircut. <laughs> Great, I love that for all the introverts of the world. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So note. why don't we move to talking about drag in the same yeah. orange? Um, people go were really if... into that service. It was really sweet. A bunch of people came to church that sweet. hadn't been to church in a while. Yeah, and a bunch of people said that service was really important to them, which is very was. sweet. Especially because our music director, who's a magical person, um, her name's Kayla Farnham, and she is a professional musician, so you should go see her play if you live in the you know Massachusetts, Connecticut area. Um, but I had her play Born This Way by Lady Gaga after the sermon, and people are still telling me that it like gave them chills. And I, of course, sit in the chancel. And so I get to watch everyone realize what's happening. And it was really mm-hmm. sweet because there was this, like, like delight wonder thing that happened where people realized what she was singing and then, like, started mm-hmm. crying. So that was very magical. And I was like, nice. you know, I am very glad to be part of the church where, like, talking about drag queens in a way that is, like, 100% positive and then, like, singing some acoustic Lady Gaga is, like... That's what we mm-hmm. do. That's what it's yeah. like here, if you were wondering. <laughs> like, yeah. If you thought this was stuffy or uptight or, like, angry and mean, no. <laughs> yeah. Not. That's not what we're doing here. So, yeah, that service was very sweet. It was very sweet. <laughs> um, I also had a bunch of people who were like, we didn't know where you were going to go with that. It seems so random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was really, and then like it made sense in the end, and I was like, that I do aspire to be to make sense. Mm -hmm. It was really sweet. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Do you want to do like a summary of both points, or do you want me to? So, I'm I'm curious to hear yours. If I may, okay. If I might, so put you on the spot. Yeah, I'll go. I'll say mine, and then you tell me what I Mm -hmm. left out. 
Um, it's like a memory test of the thing that I wrote a month ago. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so basically, uh, this sermon was about drag and like a Passover ritual yep. and how those are related. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of what um, drag is about that you talked about is like, making a lot of space for people mm-hmm. who are left out of stuff by being very like over the top. Yeah. Um, and sort of thumbing your nose at the rigidity of like yes. gender and respectability and yeah. Yeah. Behave, you know, all and of this being, stuff like, with very parody. about it. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And drag is extremely funny. If anyone's oh like not seen drag, it is like, it, yeah, the thing that makes you good at drag is often like being funny. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, another, like, practice that has made space, especially for queerness, like, drag makes a lot of space for, like, playing with gender and everything like that, um, sexuality, everything like that. Um, and there's a ritual of adding, um, an orange to the Seder plate during Passover, Mm -hmm. um, to make space in within Judaism for like members of the queer community who yep. don't have didn't historically have that space. Yeah. Um, yep. So what did I leave at the time? Because the that yeah, tradition in began the in the eighties, so it was like also similarly in the same way that drag has become like very, um, ugh, it just like has been turned into this like really horrible, awful public discourse thing. Um, and similarly, like, the, the orange on the Seder plate was in the 1980s, right? So it was during the AIDS crisis. Um, and so it was also a time where to do that actually was, like, more profound than, than I think we can fully imagine right now. Um, mm. Or maybe we, we are starting to be able to, unfortunately. Um, but so both things were sort of, like, practices of world building um, and making space where there has been rigidity um, for new possibility. So, yeah, it was really sweet. The whole thing was like, you know, there are moments when it's like, this is why we do church. Mm-hmm. And that was one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it was interesting. So I was sort of thinking about um, how clothes communicate. Um, like this was the thing that was in the sermon too, like clothing is like something that you use for communication, both like to feel like yourself and to say like something about yourself and also to others. Yeah. Um, and another place where I've heard a lot about that is Queer Eye, the Netflix television program. Um, So, which is like one of the TV shows that like will make me cry if I watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like oh, very, duh. very professionally trained in not crying to a degree that is almost kind of weird to me at this point. But like <laughs> queer eye, effective. <laughs> oh no, I have sent Netflix a bill for my issues <laughs> from that show. It's like unbelievable. Um, what have you done to me? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so if it's like a modern. Wants to get happy yeah. Go watch some Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Or it's not even called the, that anymore. It's just called Queer Eye. Right. Yeah. Right. So that the modern, the like, the old version was what it was. The yeah. modern remake is a lot more, like, heart centered. Yes. Yeah. Um, more about, like, self acceptance and yeah. expression and. Right. Um, like, fully embracing your own life. Yeah. And a lot of people that they work with have gone through. Really traumatic things. Like, or, yeah, yeah, really horrible trauma, really, like, periods of depression right. and, you right. know, just a lot of really right. hard stuff or for whatever reason have yeah. not been able to, yeah, like, really cent- center on themselves too much. Yeah. Um, and so it's sort of a. Giving a lot of different kinds of care to this person. Yeah. It's like a barn raising for, like, your sense of self, right? It's like this community care thing, which is obviously why it makes us cry. <laughs> yeah, duh, because we're community fashion. nerds. <laughs> um, but so the fashion, one of the five queer eye people, yeah, um, like, the kind of care that they give is, like, yeah, tan. Styling. Yeah. yeah tan. He He's takes people though. shopping, gets yeah. them new wardrobes or whatever. And, like, every time I see that show, it makes me want to wear louder clothing. I love that. <laughs> like, 
like I definitely at one point was like they were just talking about how beautiful it is to have like individual expression yeah. and like every like authenticity and yeah. you know how much more exciting and rich the world is when everyone like totally is their full self oh my god are you kidding me yeah no but <laughs> i like, have not been trained not to cry <laughs> <laughs> it's not really as professionally critical for you i don't think no it's not it's not but also like when you and i think like the crying is because when you see other people do that it like it's the same thing as drag right it like it makes so much more space for you to be fully human which is yeah. such a gift right that's like such an extraordinary thing that like you know courage is contagious right like when someone is fully in themselves that doesn't like negate you it invites you also into a place of courage and wholeness um, yeah which like i am 100 percent on board for that activity <laughs> no one is <laughs> yes <laughs> but like um there was also a story of I think it was, I didn't actually hear the story that accompanied the sermon, but it was about yeah. someone dying their hair rainbow. Oh, yeah. That that was the book that was part of the service. It was really sweet. What was it called? We'll put it in the show notes. It was a very, very sweet book. And I think it was Cute. a true story, I think. Like, it was written by, like, the mother and the daughter. And it was a story about this little um, black trans girl who's also, also autistic and the, like, telling her mom that she needed to have long hair in order to feel like herself. And then her mom and her big brother going to like the hair store and making her this rainbow wig um, so that she could have long. Yeah, I know you, you should watch it, but with a whole box of tissues. Um, and it was just like the sweetest and like, yeah, it was really magical and lovely. And, and also like, People have all kinds of identities, right? Like, mm -hmm. we culturally can, like, have such a weirdly myopic, like, you know, queerness, like, assumption also is, like, white and, you know, able-bodied and non-neurodivergent, right? Like, and mm -hmm. really, like, we're all people in wild complexity. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a very sweet story. Yeah. I mean, it made me think a little bit about, like... Um, some, yeah, like I recently started dyeing my hair vivids. I have bright pink hair right now. <gasps> you do? That's like it was do. green. It was green. Now it's pink oh my gosh, for I see. summer. Um, I just got this year in 2023, like the first visible tattoo. Yeah. It's um, beautiful. But that you. all of that is like, you know, owning your body and adornment and like yeah taking up the space that you get to take up yeah and it's also like definitely part of like fat acceptance fat mm -hmm. self-acceptance mm -hmm. like my body looks very different than it used to yeah um yeah like i it's a journey that is very active right now for me yeah and so um one thing that i sometimes run into is feeling like an outfit is like quote unquote, trying too hard. <laughs> well, I think that's like, is it for you? Is it for someone else? Right. Trying too hard to me yeah. says you're trying to satisfy other people. Yeah. Or you're concerned about what people will think, which then like, mm. then it has ceased to be for your own enjoyment. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I still run into that sometimes. Well, we're not perfect. That's not on the table no. as an option. I know. No. So <laughs> I am currently knitting a hot pink mohair sweater. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. I know. It's like very vibrant. <laughs> well, Fun. simultaneously, I feel like today I am dressed like a Swedish kindergarten teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Which felt appropriate how today. Is a, how is a Swedish kindergarten teacher dressed differently than an American one? Uh, clogs with socks. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. I should have known. And like neutral colors. <laughs> yes. Clogs and neutrals. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Great. Um, do you want to talk about our Easter sermon? Yeah. Easter. Okay. Um, yes. Do I have anything to say about Easter? 
Um, the title of the sermon was And Still We Rise, by the way. Yeah, which was like, sometimes titles are an effect of Laurel must give our church administrator a title <laughs> for the sermon for the like newsletter. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it's like, we'll see if that makes sense. One can hope. Um, yeah, I mean, Easter was like, I tried to just talk about Easter, right? Um, which sounds really lame and for you use is actually like in my experience pretty unusual i think it's getting more common um yeah and like case in point someone who's like a lifelong uu afterwards was like you know the uu minister made it through easter which i was like yeah this is funny we're like we're really squeamish about christianity um and so i was trying to talk about sort of the ways that all theologies and all ways of reading the Bible are cherry picking. And so we can own that instead of like this weird, some people saying they're being biblical literists when like nobody's being fully literal. And if you're being literal, you have to take into like take historical context into effect and like source material and the idea that the Bible was written by multiple sources so like that is inherently to read it in a literary way Mm -hmm. as fact like that's still that's a whole process um so i was trying to sort of push against the i think the dominant theology that people think about when they think about easter which is the like causes the squeamish feeling is the like jesus died for our sins thing um which feels very icky um and so i was sort of noting that and and pointing out that that's not the only option right it's not like that that is not a monolith that narrative describes itself as being a monolith like as being the only interpretation but it's not actually the only interpretation um so i was trying to make space for like you use we have a lot of former christians of all different varieties where like easter can be this really complicated painful thing that's like there's kind of some longing for like the ritual that's involved in holy week um while also having this like if that's the only theological frame you have for easter and you're a uu those things are like oil and water right like then what what are you left with um so the the hope was to try and like create some agility with that service around like we're gonna name the thing and we're not going to let it be all powerful here. Like there are other ways that you can enter this story um, and you can do that if you want to. And if you don't want to, that is also all good and well. Um, yeah. So that was sort of my Easter, which is maybe sort of always kind of my Easter, Easter, Easter stick. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's your really e- important. Easter stick. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're still, <laughs> still, <laughs> still in Passover. Oy vey, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thoughts, questions, hit, opinions? <laughs> I really... Uh, this is the one that made me cry. Um, really? Out of these three. This is the one, yeah. I would not have guessed um, that. Do you want to say why? Yeah, I don't know exactly why. I think it was the description of what universalism is, is what made me cry. Huh. Like, an invitation to believe that, like the call of the living or mm-hmm. love or whatever you want to call yeah. it can still penetrate yep like the very darkest of places yeah. like i think yeah like universalism is um probably the biggest like theological foundation i would say for like movement work that i do yeah um, it kind of has to be yeah. Because if you um, don't believe that something better is possible, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's like, it's also very, I mean, it's very, it's just very hopeful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, universalism is just the refusal to believe that, like, bad things are the end of the story. Yeah. Um, exactly. Story. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, this is the sort of like the question of ultimacy and 
universalism rejects the idea that damnation is a thing of ultimacy. Yeah. Like that is not damnation is not the highest power that like that is not the end of the road. Um, and that I agree. Like, I think that is a, a profoundly potent idea um, that is not it's not necessarily warm and fuzzy. Like it's not like everything happens for a reason, sort of overly positive, but it like, to me, that is the thing that will get you through like the, you know, the long dark night. Um, yeah. Which I think is why Easter is so profound because it's Easter is not messing around. Like Easter is no. not cute. <laughs> no. And like, thank God, because like life is not cute a lot of times. Um, and I think that, I think that like you use do a disservice to ourselves when we don't go into the like really intense places because then our theology is like, you know, it's like an Instagram post. Like it's very light and fluffy and like, it's not going to get you through life. It's not going to help you return to life. What, like when death has taken everything from you, like that's not to me, that's not good enough. Right. Like if, if all that I'm giving people is, you know, some kind of light and fluffy with, you know, some cynicism still on board. Like that's not going to help people make it through life. Um, and yeah, I think I Easter mean, I, is such an invitation to, to like actually believe that, that life wins. Um, yeah. I think right now with this month too, like I'm feeling, I, I think I'm feeling what MLK said about Euism, the reason he didn't become one. Yeah. Um, is that it's not... Um, I think it has the right theology and ideology. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's foundationally very important to me as a person. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't... At least in the way that I have engaged with it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not the first thing I think about when things are going rough. As, yeah, like, totally. a thing to lean on. Yep. Um, like, in the actual moment of when things are hard. Yeah. I don't really think of it as a, as a resource to lean on, to be honest. Yeah. I think about it more in, like when it's on my schedule to think about it when we're going to talk, like when we're going to have, when we're going to record this podcast. Yeah. Um, or like when I listen to the sermon podcast episodes yeah. or like if I, you know, am going to be involved in a church endeavor, like I don't, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, I have to remember that it's there. It's, it's not a really firm, like, well, and I think that's where like there's, our our sort of free choice dynamic in our tradition, um, like there are ways that that can cause trouble. Like it it kind of helps if you feel like you have to go to church every week. Like the people who th who think that way are most served by it. Um, but like we, because we're so you know anti authority and you know, individual search for truth and meaning. Um, it can be so, it can be kind of sterile, honestly. Um, and I think this is, this is part of this big push within our denomination where um, like there are more and more people like young people and like us, like young people who've grown up UU now for our whole lives, because like, remember since merger was in the sixties, like, there's only been so much, like, entry ramp for people who've been lifelong UUs um, mm. as it is to start to, like, engage and question. Um, because now there's this, what feels to me like a tipping from the sort of Unitarian intellectualism into the sort of universalism of love and an ethic of community and an ethic of hopefulness and less about this sort of reasoned but I'm gonna go have a transcendent experience in nature thing um, mm -hmm. and both of those things very much live in us um, but like 
to the to the economics conversation and the like well that sounds really white like we are guilty of <laughs> yeah. that right you use are very guilty of being very white and which is not to say that there are only white people in our denomination but the culture of our denomination is very white um like nobody moves in church right there's yeah. this like you know there's so many presumptions in how we operate um and like presumptions of politeness and not being emotional and individualism and reason. Um, and there's the last few years, it really feels like there's like this generation of younger people who are really pushing back against that and saying like, reason isn't it, right? Yeah. Like that's not, that doesn't cut it. Like a church of reason is a church of whiteness, right? Like that totally overlooks any other form of meaning making it totally overlooks any kind of indigenous wisdom or embodied wisdom or like any any other way of knowing that isn't tied up with like white western power dynamics mm -hmm. um and that to me is really hopeful um because yeah like i wouldn't i this is funny i did not call myself a uu until i became a minister Hmm. which is wild, right? Yeah. And, like, I came to a point in my 20s where I was like, I can either walk away and I'm going to leave this denomination because I'm disappointed by it, or I'm going to be in charge because, like, I'm <laughs> seriously, yeah, like, I'm uh -huh. not going to put up with this wishy-washy bullshit. Like, uh -huh. that's not good enough, and we can be yeah. better than that. Um, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you pick you picked one of those. I picked a choice. <laughs> I made a choice and I uh -huh. am I'm, I'm happy with my choice. Right. Like and mm -hmm. I think, too, like the fact of being a minister in the same way that like you doing this podcast with me, like instills this thinking about meaning into your life, like writing, having to write sermons every week is a lot and it yeah. also forces you to be like very um very clear with yourself right um i described my job to someone this week as being like the olympics of emotional labor <laughs> oh my god i mean yeah <laughs> right where it's like yeah i have to be very skilled and engaged in the practice of like meaning making and digesting my own experience in order to help other people do that, which is a lot. And also there are ways that that benefits me, right? Like I think church is a good thing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but and not I, in a naive way. <laughs> yeah. I am not naive about church. <laughs> yeah. I think like, yeah, I mean, it comes back a little bit to, I mean, this is something we talk about a lot on this mm -hmm. podcast, like, the point of religion is not to figure out what's, like, true in the way that <laughs> science would figure something yeah. out as quote-unquote true, yeah. right? Like, right answers are not really what we're going for here. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, I think that's a math class. <laughs> yeah, well, I like those too. I also like those, right? Mastery, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Math camp. <laughs> you and me. Can we have grown-up math camp? Was there... I think there was another podcast where we're like... We, we talked about camp. this like a, two months ago. We literally I talked still, about wanting to go to still adult true. math camp. We're it's still true. We are super nerdy. <laughs> and listen, yeah. time is a flat circle, okay? Mm -hmm. We're meeting Great. ourselves at it, and it's Amazing. still true. But, like, in this sermon, like, one thing that you said was that, like... Uh, maybe not, well, like, the point or, like, a function of something that religion is supposed to do yeah. is to help us live more clearly and engage yeah. in our lives more fully. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you choose what to believe, like, that lets you do that. Or, like, yeah. what, not just, like, not what to necessarily just, like, believe, but, like, you choose how to frame stories. Yeah, and you, you choose, choose how to focus your attention, right? Yeah, Which is also where, like, faith is a practice of engagement. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, if you're not participating, you're not going to get anything out of it, right? Yeah. Which is Which is both, like, if you're never showing up to be part of the conversation, 
then of course church seems stupid and meaningless to you because you're not getting anything out of it because you're not going, right? Yeah. Or yeah. like, or if you're engaging in a place that's like totally mist- mismatched, right? Like if you're, if the the theology of your community is totally out of line with your own, right? Like, yeah, of course that's not working for you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think that especially like, all our highly reasonable you use. Um, there could be this sort of look, like looking down our noses at faith thing, um, which I think is really sad because um, I think you miss that. Like you miss the heart and you miss the practice of making meaning. Um, and because, because we, we sort of think of faith as this like blind acceptance of some like form of stupid story, right? That's kind of the cynical mm-hmm. idea of what faith is. And I think, I think of faith more as like a commitment to be engaged in the practice of looking for what is meaningful. Mm. And like, how is that not worthwhile? Yeah. Right. And it's not going to be static. There's no way that's static. And it's no way there like there's no way that it's not going to be hard and powerful and needs to be embedded in community. Like doing that alone is incredibly difficult. Um, yeah. So yeah, come to church. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a sales pitch, Laurel. Yeah, this is why I'm the minister. <laughs> I mean, I think. Do you want to come to church now? (laughs) You live too far away. (laughs) I do live very far away, which is quite unfortunate. You're highly engaged given your geography. Thank you. Do I a plus gold star? You get a gold star for that. I get an A through like extra credit by Mm -hmm. doing the podcast, Mm -hmm. not through like Mm -hmm. the normal assignments. Mm -hmm. Okay, good job. Yep. Um, my friend who knows me extremely well visited me recently and we were talking about like, I'm about to move to a new house. Oh yeah. And I was stressing me out and she's like, you don't have to get an A at moving. Just so you know. I love having people who are like, I know you so well, but I'm just really going to cut through your shit right now. Yeah, Yeah. she really did. Because I was like, okay, but. Because, like, I was like, okay, well, so I have to make sure I do everything in the right order, right? So, like, I have to make sure it's the most efficient because, like, what I should do is I should have a contractor Mm -hmm. come, like, Mm -hmm. patch the concrete before I buy the patio furniture Mm -hmm. because then, like, Mm -hmm. I won't have to worry about moving the patio furniture in and out. Mm -hmm. But, like, then I can't do any of that until I do. But I also should, like, but before I get the the patio patch. The danger of releasing (laughs) overly wound up high achievers into the wild. (laughs) Yes. uh, And I was like. This is true. It's like, but I shouldn't, but like, okay, I can't get someone to patch the concrete yet because first I need to move this, like the outside condenser unit because my plan is like, I would like to have more space on the outdoor patio. So like, I guess the first thing I should do is like get in touch with someone to move the condenser unit. But then like, I'm not sure if I want to move it to the, you know, anyway, Uh a lot of that. And she's like, Amanda, you, you do not need to get an A at moving. You can Mm -hmm. do all of this like over years and not in the like quote unquote right order. Yep. Amen. Okay. (laughs) Whole sermon. That's a whole sermon. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I'm mad that you see me so well. Yeah, I was like, okay, you're right. <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> yeah. But also, thank you, right? Yeah, this is why we need community, right? For people yeah. who can, like, see our... I'm, like, swearing a lot today. <laughs> can see our <laughs> shit, right? And call us on it uh-huh. and help us return to ourselves uh-huh. instead of getting caught up in our, you know, nonsense. Yeah. That's great. Even introverts love people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm like an ambivert. I'm like, oh, a, I'm an introvert I like to say, who's just very good at public speaking. <laughs> you are. I like to say I'm a context revert. So That's like hilarious. it depends on the context, but mostly because I just like the portmanteau. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I feel very clever today. when I say it. Yeah. I can hear your delight <laughs> through the phone. <laughs> I know. I have, like, to get on your swearing train, you can, like, hear the shit-eating grin on my face mm-hmm. when I say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a context trover. Get mm-hmm. it? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> How, why did they release us from grad school? <laughs> they should have kept us contained. Uh, or they shouldn't anyway. have let us go in the first place. It yeah, really amped up those tendencies. I know. I know. Danger. It's fine. 
they were ingrained long before I went to grad school. Yeah, it's no, okay. Like, come on. We've been at this for our whole lives. <laughs> yeah. Should we end on that um, note? <laughs> I would love to weird. end on that note. I think we've, like, told on ourselves a lot I mean, we in have. this past, like, yeah. hour. So I think yeah. we're... So hopefully enough. everyone else feels, you know, in their own courage, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, like, anyone listening, you don't have to get an A at whatever yeah, that life no. thing is you're doing. Like, it'll get done. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. Uh, just be human. Efficiency is not the gold star of no, existence. It is not. Whatever capitalism tells you. We've come full circle. Until right. next time. <laughs> Until next time. Goodbye. Bye.